0: Here we go, episode number 10 of the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hosler.
0: Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy Hostler I'm your host today, just like every other day. And we have a special interview for you today. It's a very unusual business model. Now, I'll be very honest with you. I had an audio problem for the first few minutes of this interview. And it was so distorted that I could not actually salvage some of the uh, audio for the first few minutes. So it is a very, very interesting interview though. So I didn't want to completely toss it because our guest gives us so much valuable information just in even the the part of the interview that I can use. So I wanted to preface uh, that the podcast today by saying that and let you understand why we're going to kind of join it partially in progress and it's not our normal introduction and that sort of thing. But let me tell you about today's guest. Today's guest is Matt Maton, and he is the owner of an independent local radio station in Asheville, North Carolina. It's AM 1350 WZGM. Now, Whenever we started the interview, Matt introduced us to himself and um, he had been a broadcaster, and he had had one of those morning shows where he was the morning personality. He and his cohort, I believe it was Matt and Robin were the uh, morning show for a local radio station that was a uh, you know owned by the big big boys and uh, very corporate and that sort of thing, so he was on the radio. And doing his normal show, and eventually, after several years of doing that, he just decided that he couldn't do it anymore. He decided he had to get out, and he had to go and do something completely on his own. So with nothing more than a laptop and a couple of interested people, he took his, actually, I think he borrowed another laptop. So he had two laptops to start with. He borrowed um, another one and had some backing from some people and decided to go ahead and take his show on his own radio station. So he and his cohort opened their own independent local radio station there in Asheville and they started out with just their show. It has since grown into a wonderful example of community radio and the content on their radio station is driven by what is interesting to the local community there in Asheville, North Carolina. So they have shows where local fly fishermen come on and talk about fly fishing. They have shows where um, the local knitters or sheep farmers will come on and talk about knitting or creating your own fiber. Um, There's just a lot of uh, interest in the local community in Asheville, North Carolina. It's a very friendly environment for local businesses. And so what Matt has done is he's created, he's he's flipped radio upside down and the business model that he has used is completely different than the big guys are using. And now the big independent, you know, the big stations that are not part of his independent network that are part of the big corporations are coming to him saying, how did you do this and what did you do? And so he's actually kind of changed the way the radio industry is. So I wanted to join our discussion already in progress because Matt has a lot of information and again I hate that we missed the first 10 minutes or so because um, he was introducing himself and giving us some background uh, but it was so distorted that I could not even um, use the audio so I apologize for that but I wanted to present to you the last more than way more than half of the uh, interview is, is captured and is great so I wanted to go ahead and start and join our interview with Matt Maton of AM. 1350 Asheville North Carolina WzGM
1: Digital realm is really built around ideas or shared values or goals and while our business operation is very much local grassroots oriented and keeping it local and keeping the relationship strong and mutually beneficial, The broadcast element of it and those niche-type conversations, we don't limit it to just our terrestrial footprint, per se. We understand the community is not geographically limited. It really is around those communities of ideas and interests and shared values and hopes. Wow. Wow.
0: And I guess once you got out from under that corporate structure of the radio station… And you, or the the programming, and then you got to do it on your own, you probably felt like a whole world was opened up for you, and you could just take whatever the market demanded and and run with it.
1: One of my favorite things to say when we're meeting with someone, if I'm meeting with someone or or one of our staff are meeting and I'm there, one of my favorite things to say is you're looking at the committee right here. This is the corporate committee. If we can think it up, we can do it. And so when they say, what do you do, we're able to say, in essence, what do you need? and that's a wonderful empowerment, but it also, uh, as a word to anyone that's looking to take that leap into entrepreneurship and starting something up, there's also a lot of risk in that. There's a lot of cost, there's a lot of hard-learned lessons, and I'm saying this from personal experience, but also Mm -hmm. because the more experience I gain, the more I'm realizing from my mentors when I was freaking out and saying, I don't know how I'm going to make payroll next month, they said, you're doing fine. Don't worry about it. You're doing great. You guys have got mm-hmm. it going on. And I'm freaking out. I'm starting to get gray hairs. And, and they're as calm as can be. And I'm like, how can you be so calm? Did you not see my forecast? Did you not see what uh, how what percentage of receivables I'm carrying right now? People aren't paying their bills. They, right. and, I'm, and I'd be wigging out. And they just be like, no, you're doing great. Well, with m- more time and a half years into it, I'm starting to gain that same perspective I think that if you're going to do a business you've got to understand that it's going to have those hard times as a business owner you're going to have those windows where you know unless you're sitting on a golden goose all the power to you if you can find that if you can get that
0: absolutely be
1: at a point at some point at some place along that journey you're gonna be where you think you might lose your house you're gonna be at the place where you say well is which bill am I gonna hold off paying for a couple weeks That's just the reality of entrepreneurship and you have to have the fortitude to survive that and go through the ups and downs through the ups and downs.
0: That's, I think that's what separates so many people, that being able to work through those hard times or being so committed enough, you know to it that you're like, you know what, at this point we have so much invested, we've got to make it work, because at that point you can't walk away you know when you've got everything you have on the line for that, so that is so very exciting that you were able to just kind of start and let it grow, and I think we're starting to see a little bit of a um, kind of everything coming full circle from the big mass media um, stuff that happened in the 90s where people are going back to those more community-oriented type programs and it's almost like we got a taste of the big boys, we got exposed to it, but now I just wanna know what's going on in my community and I just want something that's gonna to cater to me and to to be I mean I just think it's a dream to be able to have something where you can cater all your programming to all the areas that are well served or well represented right there in your community. And Western North Carolina has a lot, you know, of, of diverse interests going on, whether it's the you know, the environmentalist and the ecology and the just the beauty of the area and then the sports and the mountain bikes and the kayaking and canoeing I mean, just crazy, a lot of choices you have right there, and to be able to take programming and kind of create it and then share it in other areas where and, those and things get an one audience. of the
1: fun things about what we're doing right now, we've, we've got, like, on Independent Asheville Radio, on, on our, our stick, as they say in the business, in, in Asheville, uh-huh. uh, we've got about 17 local shows. Uh, as a comparison, all the other, we're the only locally owned commercial radio station in Asheville. All the others, and there's about, probably a dozen they're all corporate owned by two companies and so um, the interesting thing is we've got about seventeen local shows and it's become a who's who around town I mean it's Mm -hmm. community activists its entrepreneurs its retirees its you know it's all across the gamut and it's young and old you know so it's not just well you gotta be a superstar already in town to do it Right. We have people that are becoming superstars, you know, see, that's
0: that's things. what is and, so great,
1: and as a comparison, the second most for local voices on any station in the area is six. And four of the six are paid shows that are buried on Saturday morning. You know, oh, so oh, wow. you know it's it's really awesome to be able to show people in the fifth largest city in in north carolina it's nice to be able to do something that is actually being done in small communities all across this country Uh there are local independent owned stations in small towns all across this country and they get left in the shadows they they a lot of them have kind of surrendered and relegated the idea that they only have so many years left and make the best they can of it with friday night high school football and the swap shop and and they just (laughs) relegate themselves and surrender it and what we've seen happen is we've built up our our network of independent stations that we work with now um, that we're teaching our model and we're learning from them as well and sharing ideas and information and content. We're doing mutual sales efforts with each other to serve larger clients in our home communities that need mm-hmm. to reach other places. Someone in Hickory can go in and sell a client in Hickory, North Carolina into Charlotte, Asheville, uh, Franklin, all the way out to Wilmington. Wow. And it's all with local independently owned stations. That is a tiebreaker. That is a game changer in the way that we're doing things right now and it's so exciting because these these community stations that had relegated themselves and surrendered themselves to the you know, the idea that radio's dead and it's going away and things. Now they walk they're a foot taller, their shoulders are six inches wider, you know. Yes, And, and they exactly. walk in and they realize, no, we're vital. We're important in our community, and we can offer services that will make a difference in not only the communities but the businesses and individuals. When when a situation arises in the community that you need to rise up and help someone, you can mm-hmm. do that. And, and it's – man, it, it, I tell you what, it makes me jump out of bed in the morning. I'm so excited with seeing not just what we've had and what we've been able to accomplish here – but now seeing it duplicated and the ripple effect and the way the bounce back is improving everybody from all mm-hmm. these individual places, these these independent self-determining flags on the map is really yeah. exciting to see.
0: Well, I just think about, too, with you having, having that local presence in the community, I am sure that you can't turn off your programming glasses, so to speak. So every time you're out in the community, you're seeing it through the eyes of – oh, I loved this. Other people need to know about this. You know, I need to be able to share that. And you're always looking for those connections, which those big radio stations that are owned by people that will never come in the area, can, they can't touch that. You know, so that that to me is amazing. And I, I find myself doing the same thing everywhere I am. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this business is awesome. I need to talk to this small business owner because they are doing something right. So that's so exciting. Uh, too,
1: one of the things that we do, our, our model is, is a bit different than what I've seen um, from any other stations that mm-hmm. i 've run across in my twenty years, and it 's not that i 'm some kind of genius or anything it 's just I listened to businesses, I listened to what they needed, and mm-hmm. what radio as an industry was offering and we don 't really we don 't base our our business model and our cash flow on advertising. Um, oh. What we do is every show that we put on the air, we look for a co branding sponsorship partner mm-hmm. program, and what I mean by that is we We look for relationships that are going to be symbiotic, you know they're going to they're going to be mutually beneficial if we have a program that's talking about the environment and the economy which we do, a show called Our Southern Community, which is syndicated mm-hmm. on nations um, you know we we look for a company that we know the listeners of that show are going to benefit and are going to enjoy. The service or the product of that business. Well, the business is going to have a much better um, marketing and branding opportunity with the singular attachment and co-branding of that conversational show as a sponsor. Yeah. By doing it that way, you're having great visibility that really stands out for the business. Um, it's a match for the listeners. The host gets to keep doing what they're doing in freedom.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. And
1: and and for me as a business, my costs are covered before that show even airs for the first minute. And wow, and, you know it, it benefits everyone in the equation. And and by doing it that way with all of our programming what we're able to do is we're able to really reduce the cost the entry point cost of advertising for businesses on the radio station because we're not dependent on the advertising revenue per se for our existence Uh so for me you know i look at you know our motto here is putting programming back in the hands of the people that it's, Mm. it's on our guest board it's written across the top in studio a which is the live studio Uh every time people come in they sign our guest board and they see that written right across the top Mm -hmm. that you know programming isn't just the shows that are on programming a a a third or a quarter of an hour's worth of programming on radio stations is the commercials well the commercials um... should be made up of your neighbors it should be made Uh up of the people in your community and that is twenty five to thirty percent in some places maybe up to forty percent of all the programming on that station is the commercials. Well there's <sighs> the same kind of energy and commitment to the quality and the relevance and the mutual benefit of those of that portion of your programming as the hosts that you put on the air. Wow.
0: That's unbelievable, but I guess you know it goes back to the whole thing of, you know, ten thousand listeners that are very targeted to a specific niche is much better than having a hundred thousand listeners that really it, 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 the programming isn't relevant. Let me tell
1: you a secret, Christy. I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you a little. Bit.
0: Share it. Give us all the secrets. By
1: having so many different community-focused niche types conversations on our station and in our network and everything, you end up with this vibe that is very community. You tune oh. in, and even if you're not that niche, you really feel connected to your community. You really, you know, it, when you. When you drive through your downtown area, when you drive down your main street in your hometown, you don't see all the same store door after door after door. Right. It's different. You have, you have the florist shop, the pizza shop, you have a, and it's your hometown. It's your main street. You're proud right. of that. Well, the radio station becomes your audio main street. You know, There's wow. all these different things on there, and you end up staying tuned in because there's such a sense of connection to your community with it.
0: Right. I, I can see that. Just, it's like window shopping. And then there's other stores that you go in and you know you're making a purchase. But at the same time, that's pretty interesting to stop and look at some of those things. So that's awesome. Audio Main Street. I like that concept very much. So, Matt, when you finally took the plunge in 2011 and got out and on your own, what was your biggest fear that you had when you finally said, let's do it?
1: Um, if I'm being honest with you, and I'm going to be, I didn't have any fears. Um, wow, I, that's awesome. Well, the, that's the short circuit. It, it's taking it's taken two and a half years of experience to develop fears.
0: <laughs> okay, gotcha. That, well, you know what? That's actually not a bad. I, thing.
1: I have to tell you, I was I was a bit um, I was a bit naive or overconfident. Uh-huh. Um, I thought I knew what I was getting into, but it's been a learning process, and thankfully. You know, we have such an amazing team of people and supporters and coworkers and everything. We're all committed to it. We're all passionate about it, and we've waded our way through the tough lessons. Uh, wow. But when I when I made the dive into it, I was oblivious to to any risks or I mean I I said and I meant I'm willing to lose everything in order to make this work I right, meant right. that and and I'll be if fate hasn't put me on the edge of fulfilling that a couple of times
0: th- th- testing th- you <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs>
1: you know that's the thing too I think the the scary part is as the business grows so do the outlays and mm-hmm. and you can look at the receivables and go wow look at the revenue look at the cash flow well, it's the business owner's like, Yeah, look at the outlays.
0: Exactly. If, yeah. If,
1: if there's a if there's a blizzard, for instance, and it knocks everything out for a week, and there's no mail, all of a sudden there's a twenty five percent slowdown in your cash inflow. Absolutely. Um, so those those are the kind of things that end up causing a little bit more stress as as the business grows.
0: That's yeah. I was going to say. I think those are the the same fears that everyone. Has. I mean, you you look at growth. And if you're not looking at it in the right way, it, it, you can a little bit be deceived sometimes and try to uh, maybe go off in the wrong direction. So when you got started, did you have any business coaches or mentors to kind of help you through this whole?
1: Absolutely. And I continue to. And okay. continue to seek them out. Um, and I also go into conversations with startups and with entrepreneurs that are just ready to take the plunge. I go into it with the, with the heart of a student. You know, and um, it's constant. It's ongoing. You can learn something from everyone, but I, I certainly have people that have have mentored me, have guided me, have have chosen not to guide me when I didn't need to be, so I could learn it on my own. Uh, right. You know, so I've I've been very very fortunate. Seek those people out. They're they're all around you. I, I don't care who's listening right now. There are people around you that want to teach you, that want to impart to you their lessons.
0: And I think I I have found in what I'm doing here, um, many times, if you ask and if you just simply put it out there, I would, you know, I need your help and I would love for you to be able to help me. So many people are willing to respond in a positive way and give you that time. They want you to succeed. They want you to do well. They want to share their secrets. They didn't come through the school of hard knocks and get this far down the road only to forget about it or never be able to share those lessons with anyone else. So I have been pleasantly surprised with the openness of the small business community and the local independent business owners many times when I'm asking them they might not have ever been asked before to, for someone to sit down and tell me about their business so they love it and it gives them the exposure so that, that is a very um, true thing if you ask and find somebody that has the information or the knowledge that you want if you pick their brain most of the time they're willing to to have you do that so what um, resources, or I know, you know, in the community, you talk about how the community has just come together for, to be the basis of your programming. Are there any resources within the community that you found really, really helpful when you were starting out that maybe we could point someone in that direction and kind of get them keyed into? Yeah, you
1: know, I I understand I was in a fortunate position that, you know, I already had name recognition in my community. I already had right. established presence. And so when I made that when I made that stand that I did, it was a very public thing. I mean, it was the lead Uh, story on the local newspaper. It was in the TV news. It it was, you know,
0: branded for life right there. It was
1: like you know an episode of Dallas or something. It it was very dramatic to people in the community, and you know, I didn't even grant an interview for about three weeks um, because I was busy getting the business started, and I was just focused on that. I wasn't looking back. But people came out of the woodwork to ho- to offer help. Um, a great business by the name of Applied Solutions here in Asheville. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're you know they were willing to offer basically a server closet for me to set up as a, as an office, wow. uh, you know, and another place called top floor studios had helped out. And, and I had another business that loaned me a laptop cause I didn't, I only had one. I needed to, uh, you know, just little things like, cause I, I wasn't, I was going, to, I was working on a business plan and I was planning on doing something, but I hadn't capitalized it yet. I hadn't monetized it, excuse me, yet. And so when things kind of, came to the crossroads and I had to make a decision one way or the other I had not implemented the monetization portion of the business plan I hadn't gotten investors yet mm-hmm. or seek a loan or anything like that so um that was a challenge and it was a cash as we go kinda of thing and also right, right. the the offered and donated assistance or office space or expertise of people and we were very fortunate and and, and I want to point out too um for people looking in the short-term and I want to speak to the long-term benefit when you operate from a service-oriented mentality and you're always looking to see how you can help other people when the time comes and you need it you don't have to ask for it now that's not why I helped people all these years I did it because I believe in it and I want to be a servant to my community it was it was an awkward position for me to be in to have people offering to do things and accept it it was it was mm-hmm. a weird feeling, but this community they really you know they say radio the community owns the airwaves well I'm proud right. to say that with independent Asheville radio they really do i mean that, it's 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 been a wonderful experience
0: that's a, that's a great situation for the community to be in to have that now whenever you got started, did you have any sort of methodology or strategy for going out and trying to establish these, whether it's business partnerships or community relations or anything like that? Did you, I mean, was there any method to your madness or did you just kind of go out there and throw something against the wall and see what's stuck?
1: Um, well, I could answer it both ways, actually.
0: You did both, okay. You know,
1: my, my method is to kind of go ad-lib and okay. my method is to say, well, let's survey the landscape around us and do what we need to do. Um, but there, there is a method to it. You know, we started off with the podcast, then went to live stream, then take calls, then get syndication capabilities for programs. Then we went ahead and obtained, you know, the operation of a 10,000-watt station in Asheville. Then from there, we knew we wanted to build up a network of independent stations, which we've done, and we're continuing to do. Um, you know, where we have the benefit and the capability and empowerment to do things for people in our communities, but every single station in our network has self-determination. They only do what they want or need to do, and that is that is opposite of the corporate kind of structure that you see in, a, in radio today. And so we have some of the benefits, and you have the upward mobility of programs and and ad, ad visibility and, and, and market reach and everything. But every penny that gets spent within that system, the businesses that spend that money know that the money is staying exactly where it's spent. Yeah. That is – that's where you can take a large syndication type situation and still have it be hyper local it, it, mm-hmm. it's it it's kind of it's flipping it upside down and it's it's really neat to see people scratch their heads and go wait you're not supposed to be able to do that well you know we are doing that because Bye-bye. that's what communities need
0: well you know it's interesting though because to me the um one of the the points of this podcast is to just help promote localism and the fact that you can make a difference in your community you can as a community bring about economic recovery simply by turning enough of your resources that would normally go outside of your community back into your community and so I think that's what you know you've been able to do even with I mean I can imagine local advertisers or local businesses get so much more return on any kind of partnership they have with any advertising Um, better in your station than others because it's got that community connection. So would you say, I mean, you have to compete for listenership with big personalities from these uh, national-owned radio station and cooperatives and all these other things that have the big names and they have the personalities and the celebrities. What is your unique proposition that gets listeners to listen to you rather than those big guys that are coming to them? from Chicago or L.A. or New York or wherever. And there's a
1: place for that. There's a lot of radio stations can't afford or don't have the the broadcasting capability pool of people to fill up a lineup. And so, you know, I, I don't have a problem with stations say, okay, we got to run national shows. We have some national shows that we run, but we run ones that support and supplement the local shows we have. They're regional. Okay. of what we have locally, and we're not so interested in big personalities as we are relevant conversation that's relatable to the people in the community. Um, you know, So I, I, I would say um, the big difference is they have no idea about Billy's shop down on the corner. Um, right. They don't know the history of the area. They don't know whether it's called Leicester or Lester.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: And, and that's what you can't get on satellite radio. You can't get right. that on, on corporate satellite-fed radio or streaming-fed radio. Um, you know, and that's why even with our syndication, it only goes as far as it's relevant to local people, and, and then that's as far as it grows. So there's a great empowerment there, too, for people that want to broadcast in what we do, that if it's a model and an idea that's relevant to people on a Main Street level, there's, you know, it will grow as far as there is relevance and need. And so wow. it, you know I love being a part of something where it's upward mobility for everyone to take it to wherever it's going to go and to serve wherever it's needed and then then it that's where it fizzles out or it just comes to its you know to its growth limit and that's fine that and it's sustainable so it's it's really it's really been fun and I'm excited to see where things are going to continue to grow and go for the next year or two
0: so, whenever you have some of these national shows that are filling in for your local content, if you had more local content, would 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 the local shows be the preference over the national ones? Or
1: and, uh, okay. as a matter of fact, a lot of our weekly community shows are thrown into the afternoon drive.
0: Okay, prime like time a
1: TV lineup. You know, prime time yeah. radio is afternoon drive. And so, uh, like a TV station, will have the same shows that are on during the day, the non-prime time, every mm-hmm. day, during the week. But at night, in prime time, they have weekly shows, like every Monday night, I know that. Yes. Coming on, you know? Right. Um, and we treat our lineup like that. In the afternoon drive, I know on Mondays I'm going to listen to Positively Living with Leslie Godbold, and and then I'm going to listen to our Southern Community with Ned Ryan Doyle. Well, when you get down to Friday, I know that the Gazette Magazine's got their Pet Talk Show, and I know that I'm going to be hearing Bob Bowles with the Wine and Food Show, and I'm going to be hearing, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be hearing Marilyn Ball with her um, Speaking of Travel Show and interviewing people from the community that have traveled the world and their experiences that they've brought home. So. So you know it's it it's really that commitment and and I'll and I'll say as far as you know filling the airtime with local versus national content right uh, which seems like the easy route for a lot of radio stations just plug Mm in a national show Um, that's kind of a it's kind of a bear trap in a sense it Mm -hmm. it may seem like it's easier it's much better to take the time and the effort and the resources to build that local community conversation (laughs) we started with one one show And we now have 17 we're getting ready to launch our next wave of two or three shows and on the air and now we're starting the process for the next wave that'll come out in the next two to three months so that tells you where we're going our goal is to have to need a second station in Asheville to get all the shows on it Um, you know so that that's where our commitment is and and that all goes back to that base of my first impression when I drove into Asheville for the very first time, and I saw the guy in the suit and the guy with the dreads and the cut off jeans having their conversation and laughing it up and shaking hands that's what I want to see radio be and that's what
0: that's that that is awesome because there's there's definitely a place for that, and I think so many communities would just embrace that if someone would just take out and start start the the conversation about what what does the community need now. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Did I interrupt you? Oh,
1: something? no. That, that's all right. We're good.
0: <laughs> um, so let me ask you this. As far as marketing, you mentioned that you had only spent $200 total in advertising, not 200000 just two hundred. What type of marketing strategies are currently working for you guys right now?
1: Building up um, the social media aspects and the community conversation because the radio shows themselves are just the weekly beginning points of a week-long conversation. You know, it sets the, the tone for the next week of dialogue in that specific area of conversation in that in that area of the community. And 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 so that's that's really um, like I said earlier, I, I believe radio is the community radio is the original social media.
0: Yeah, it is. And, it's
1: you know that's where you found out you know who's getting married, what's on the school lunch menu, what's you know right. last night or you know all these kind of things. So what's the weather forecast tomorrow? Um, you know, but not in, not a forecast in like well, here's what the computer models. No, would say, well, you saw the ring around Mount Mitchell. That means running yes. tomorrow. You know, that's, that's <laughs>
0: Got the, some fog uh, rolling in.
1: Uh, you know, so. Um, I lost my train of thought. I got thinking about Mount Mitchell. I want to go. Yeah, ex- <laughs> ready to go hiking and stuff. Exactly.
0: No, that definitely makes sense though, because um, it is all about that conversation. Using, I mean, social media um, is it, it's audio, it's the video, it's you know the YouTube's, it's uh, uh, it's the Facebook, it's everything, but it all contributes to that whole dialogue. So, um, now can you just tell us real quickly what type of um, performance metrics you look at for? where you are for your station what what are you looking at and why are they important
1: well you know what we look at um, in radio a lot of places use what's called arbitron Um it's very cost prohibitive for a lot of small market mm. stations community independent stations and everything and so on the digital realm, I mean, our, our analytics that we can do digitally on the streaming, the phone apps, the, the podcast, I can tell you exactly how many people were on there, where they're from, what device they're using, what they were looking at before they came to us, and what they looked at when they left. So that data mining is, is – you could, you could have full-time work just, just mining that data. Wow. Really um, – and this is going to seem a little bit um, – Holistic, probably, but it's just going with your gut, keeping your ears, your eyes, and your heart open in the community, and being out there and being engaged. And it's, you know, you go to a chamber of commerce event, and and you and your staff are mobbed by people just excited about what you're doing and wanting to talk about and tell you about something they know of that we think they think we should feature, or you know, I think this person would be great to do a show. Have you talked to them? That energy, that vibe is more accountable than any analytics or any software, mm. anything else I've ever used. Being out there in the community and being available to your neighbors and your businesses in your community, everything, that is the best canary in the cave of any measurement or any analytic that I know of. And, you know, when you're dealing on a large corporate entity kind of scale or you're dealing with clients that use agencies, that, you might exactly. as well be speaking Chinese, you know. Right. You know, it's just not going to resonate. But for us on the local community level, the handshake, the familiarity, the relationship, and the I know that when I was at church on Sunday, mm-hmm. a dozen people were talking about the show on Wednesday. Yeah. You know, um, that, that, I, I lean on that and my gut on that and our mm-hmm. team more than probably anything else that we have. Wow,
0: that's that's great because it's still it's from the ground up built around the community. So I love that. That works too.
1: Um, yeah. This week I was traveling around to our our partner stations, and just listening to them. They're getting the same vibe from the people in their community, and I'm able to bring that back into our distribution of some of the regional shows and everything, and bring that to the hosts to to look at you know tweaks and, and changes and everything. Because if all of these entry points of information are doing the same kind of gut check relationship based monitoring in their community uh-huh. and it comes back into the regional level, then we're able to serve that. And if we don't, then whatever platform isn't meeting that need gets pulled back and that's wow. continuously accountable to the people.
0: Absolutely. that That's a great, uh, the, the, the model to me is fascinating. Um, so if you could just tell us one thing looking back, if you know that you, if you knew it now uh, or when you started, it, that you know now that you could give somebody some advice, what would it be?
1: Number one, as an entrepreneur, as a person starting off, never leave any money on the table. Okay, <laughs> I, I <laughs> that's great. That. Um, never leave any money on the table. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is when you're going and you're looking at financing, if you're looking at line of credit, if you're looking at taking investment and releasing some some of the principal in your company. For me, early on, I was like, No, I I only need this equipment for a new studio. It's gonna cost me forty thousand dollars. I've got I've got people lining up to invest a hundred thousand, but I only need forty. Gotcha. Starting up, never leave any money on the table. If there's a hundred thousand dollars and you only need forty, put the other sixty somewhere where it's going to generate some interest for you or something but don't leave money on the table because you're inevitably going to hit some unforeseen situations where you're going to need additional capital And going to get it when you're in that mode of needing it is a lot harder to get than when when people want to go ahead and invest uh you know on the front end or something like that so that would be (laughs) that would be lesson number one since we're talking to and about entrepreneurs Um, Absolutely. Don't be thinking, well, I want to hold on to this principle of the company. uh, You know, uh, I'm only going to do what I absolutely need for this purchase. If you've got money available to you, get it and store it away on the side and don't touch it if you, if, if you don't need it, but don't leave it on the table. That would be the first thing. The second thing is to seek that mentorship, to seek that feedback from people. Go into every interaction with the spirit of a student. I don't care if you're talking to a middle schooler who's got an idea or if you're talking to someone who's 70 and is the most successful person in your community. Go into every interaction with the spirit of a student and listen.
0: Awesome. Awesome advice. Two great pieces of advice. Now, the one other thing that we like to do on this podcast before we uh, let any business owner go is um, there are people out there that are probably looking for a niche and they're looking for an idea because they want to break out of whatever their lifestyle is and they want to create something new. So as a local business owner and being out and around local business owners in the community, is there a hole in the market that you have found that you would love to see local services or products provided, but you can't. Can't find them locally.
1: Well, I'm very fortunate. Asheville leads the state of North Carolina in economic growth and job creation, innovation. I mean, you go across any of the indicators, and Asheville, North Carolina is leading the state of North Carolina. It's not Raleigh, Durham. Wow. It's not Charlotte. Asheville, North Carolina has such an eclectic and diverse collaborative community, because that's an important part, too. There's a lot of collaboration here. Um, you have businesses across, you know, across several different types of industries that are looking for ways to work together on projects. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it's Moog which is based here in Asheville or you look all the, all the breweries that are in Asheville right to Asheville uh, there's a wonderful collaborative community here um, that's very creative and innovative and so I'm very fortunate in that and, and the niche um, the market here is really just about well What areas of the community don't have a platform for conversation about their niche in the community and continuing to fill that, you know, but from a business model standpoint, I'm very, very fortunate to be where we are.
0: Excellent. That's great news. Last thing, um, Matt, if you can tell us where we can find you on the web, because what we'd like to do in our show notes and that sort of thing is link up to all the places people can find you. Um, you never know who might find you because of this and what content they might provide for you or what, what relationship could form of that. So tell us where we can find you online right now. I'll just
1: now. send people right straight to Independent Nashville Radio's website itself. It's 1350-WZGM.com. Uh, we inherited the call letters, and I like to say, when Zelda got mad, because i <laughs> 80s. You know, I think of Link and, and Princess Zelda and everything. So when Zelda got mad is how I remember the, the call the, letter. 1350wzgm.com the is, the, is the website for our radio station in, in Asheville, and that's a good entry point. From there, you can contact us, and, and everything else is kind of radiating out from and into that one portal.
0: Right, And I noticed there on that that uh, that whole website, you have so much local information. So if anybody is in the area, um, it would be a great place to start to find out, kind of con- connect with your local community and see what's going on locally in ashland.
1: and we and we very much would love to connect with other people in communities about their community radio stations because Um, we can take back the airwaves and put the programming back in the hands of the people. And that's what our mission and our purpose is. And we have a model that's working. And if someone's listening out there and they have a local community radio station that they love, has been there, but they're struggling, they can't figure out how to get cash flow, how to get visibility or compete with the big corporate guys, call us. We can help you. And we're not even going to charge you for it. We want to help you.
0: awesome that that's what you got to love about local small business owners Matt I appreciate so much your time today it has been fascinating to hear about this kind of unusual local business that can be started and I know that uh, we could be planting the seed right now for somebody in a whole different part of the country um, to get started doing the same exact thing so I appreciate so much you sharing all of your wisdom and all of your uh, steps and missteps and all the things along the way um, in an effort to get the word out about the local business community so thank you so much for your time for your
1: commitment to entrepreneurship and to and especially to community collaborative entrepreneurship that's 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 the way to change everything around us for the that's thank you
0: that's what we're here for thank you so much matt i hope you have a fantastic weekend All all right thank you Localist, I need your help. If you've appreciated this podcast today, I need you to go to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, tell us what you think about the podcast. It is so important for us to expand our reach to be able to have those iTunes ratings and reviews. That way, Other people can find us much easier whenever they're looking for things about local brick and mortar businesses. So go to iTunes, leave us a review, leave us a rating. You cannot imagine how important it is to us. You can find show notes to everything we discussed in this podcast on our website, so go there. It's www.brickandmortarreporter.com. You can see all the links to anything we discussed, and also you can leave us any comments or any questions that you have. It's the best way to get in touch with us.
1: Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.